Welcome to the Keep the Faith Podcast. I am your host, Tori, and with me, I have Miss Sequoia Lanye Jordan. I call her Sunshine because I know I'm going to butcher her name, <clears throat> but I have her as my guest in the studio this evening. She has a very um, powerful testimony. I wanted to her share her story, but before we get into her testimony, Shine, I'm going to call you Sunshine because I butcher your name, okay. so I'm going to call you Sunshine. Tell me, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hmm. Um, I'm a hairstylist. I'm a mother of two. Um, let me see. I'm an author. Uh, I'm a singer. I'm not a rapper. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I like money. Um, I like hustling. It ain't always about the money. I like making people smile. I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, I'm from Darlington, South Carolina. <laughs> born and raised. Um, you just start asking the question because I don't know what else to tell you. How long have, is, <clears throat> is doing hair something you always wanted to do? I've been doing hair since I've been 13. If I don't do hair, I crack up. Yeah, so... Doing hair is not all you do. You you also have a beautiful voice. No, I mean as far as uh <laughs> professionally. Yeah, making money. Okay. Like, you know. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I got to do hair. Okay, you guys, I want to shout out to, of, of course, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the interview, I got to shout out to Mr. Jamel Lied, 119 Media Group. He's the mastermind behind the 119 Media Group. I am now partnering with Jamil in regards to 119 Media Group. So shouts out to him. I wanted to have him on camera, but he's busy right now. But I got to show love to 119 Media Group. Um, we're on to bigger and better things. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of things coming up in the future. Um doing things in the community. And if you are a business owner, entrepreneur, whatever you may be doing, if you would like to advertise on any of the podcasts that 119 Media Group offers, <coughs> give us a call. We will, I will send that, um, I will mention the email address in, at the end of the broadcast. If you would like to um, advertise your business on the or any of the podcasts, then you're welcome. Feel free to do so. But here we are. Like I said, we have sunshine in the studio today. And I'm actually going to show you a picture that uh, she posted, I want to say last year, because it actually came up in my memories this year. And the pictures basically tell a story. So I'm going to show her pictures. And I actually told her what it's going to be because she can't see the screen. But these are the pictures that, <coughs> that comes up. And the pictures basically tell a story. And I actually told um, Sunshine to share with me her story. And I told her to share parts of herself that she feels comfortable talking about. I don't want her to talk about anything that she doesn't feel comfortable about. So, and she has no idea what I'm going to ask. I don't even know what I'm going to ask. It all just depends on how the flow of her testimony goes. So I'm going to take the pictures down and I'm going to give her the floor. I'm going to tell, um, and well, let me also say this. Anytime in life, we always go through things in life. Um, things that we don't always ask for, but things happen to us. We experience a lot of traumas and different things in this thing called life. And last month, the month of April was Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And of course, this month is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I feel as though 
sexual assault and mental health mental awareness actually ties into one another because when you experience childhood traumas it can tap into your mental it can affect your mental it's up to us how we may internalize things we just never know how things that we go through will affect us in life but i'm actually gonna ask sunshine to share your story and like i was telling you before tell your story how you want to tell it in your own words okay I wouldn't need you to ask the questions because I ain't gonna just, you know. Well, tell us about the trial, the the trauma that you experienced as far as uh the sexual abuse. Um, okay, let me see. Well, I was little when as I can remember as far back as uh, hmm. I can't give you age, but uh, we moved from Chestnut Street to Peach Street. So I probably was about eight or eight or nine, I'm not sure. But um it lasted up until I was in junior high school. And what I I remember most of the details about when it stopped. I'm gonna skip to when it stopped. Mm-hmm. I started my cycle and um I remember my mama telling my daddy to come in the room. Because, you know, that's a big deal. You know, I'm the only child. I start my cycle. You tell my dad that I start my cycle. So she told him I start my cycle. And he never bothered me no more. I remember that. So that was a good thing. It stopped. But as I get older, I be asking myself different questions. Like, well, why did she tell him? You know, I, I'm a child. So me growing up as a little girl, I'm thinking that private, that personal don't tell my daddy, you know, my period on, you know. But anyway, that's when it stopped. I realized that he ain't touched me no more. He ain't bothered me no more. Um, nobody believed me when I finally told it. I was in the... Hold uh, on. Let me stop you. <clears throat> so you mean to tell me, yo, daddy, mm-hmm. yo, biological. Uh-uh. Okay. The daddy that raised me. That, that the only daddy I had, but... Okay. okay. Yeah. But still. Yeah, that was my daddy. Your daddy. Yeah, since I was 18 months, that was my daddy. Mm. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm gonna go ahead and put this out there that we talked about this before we started. Yes, you protect person that hurts yes. you because that's still my daddy. Yes, and nobody can talk bad about my daddy in front of me or get back to me because that still is my daddy. He did something nobody else wouldn't do. Be my daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, as I get older, I realize something had to be wrong. Or something had to be done to him for him to be, you know, in that space to do anything. Now, I also want to put it out there that me and my mama never talked about it. So I didn't tell her what I was doing today. And they love calling her to tell her stuff. So I know it's going to be something, you know, but I'm prepared for it. Because, but she's never, we never talked about it. Wow. But anyway, yeah. Um, my daddy was a school teacher. Mm-hmm. The only male School teacher for a while at the schools that he was at, like Spring Elementary and Brunson Dargan or whatever. Um, everybody looked up to him because that was Mr. Dargan, basketball coach, head basketball coach, JV basketball coach, football coach, baseball. He was he was a good dude, except for you know whatever issue he had. But um, everybody looked up to him and still talked good about him. And I don't interrupt that because that's my daddy, you yeah. know. Uh, he was a good person. Um, he had his master's 
He was into the church. He was on the choir, usher. You know, it. He was perfect on the outside to people. You know, looking. Um. Uh, I really don't. I forgave my daddy, so I don't hold any grudges. Um, I always told myself that I was not going to speak on it until he passed. But I told when I was in the ninth grade, and it stopped when I was in the eighth grade. So um, by the time I told it, there was nothing that uh, the uh, authorities could do because I had already started having sex. See, he never had sex with me. We never had sex. I have to put that out there because some people just take the word molestation and sexual abuse and they put their own story to it. Yes. He never had sex with me. Never. Um, I don't know how, how much detail to go into, but whatever. I want to explain it so people won't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, even if my mama see it, since we never talked about it, it'll be the time that she found out today. Wow. What how it went. Uh at night, if in the middle of the night my mom would be asleep, and um my room was on the other end of the house. Granted, that my mom and daddy room was an add-on, so their room was all the way on the other end of the house. But the, there was only one bathroom, so the bathroom was right by my door. So if I heard a knock on my door and he come in, I already know he was gonna ask me, Shine, you sleep. And there'll be times that I done got tired of it and I act like I'm asleep so he wouldn't bother me. But in the beginning, it's like, um, I'm a little girl. Okay, I'm up. My dad asked me if I'm asleep. I'm up. And he'll come in the room and um, I stand on the side of the bed and then he would grope me or fondle me. Um, and you know, my grandma saved me plenty of times because if he heard her, he'll jump and he'll leave. And me being a little girl, that's when I realized, okay, he must be doing something. He ain't got no business for you to jump. But he'll go in the bathroom and wash his hands and then go back and get in the bed with my mom. My mom ain't know what's going on. She knocked out in the middle of the night. And that went on for years. And I remember also my mama asked me one time, she said, Sunshine, if, and she wasn't speaking on him. She was in general. Sunshine, if anybody ever bother you, let me know. I remember it so well because we was at the stop sign. Uh, what's the street right beside Mayo? Because it's Chestnut in front of Mayo and then the street right beside Mayo. Oh, God. What is that street? Ooh. It's not just in mine, is it? I don't know. I want to say Guest Street, but that's not, no, guess, not guess. guest Street. I think it's just in mine street. Uh, I don't make me. I anyway, we was right there at that stop sign. And when she said it, I was looking out the window. Mm. She had a Mazda 6. Two, I'm, I remember all the very fine details of my life, like small things. So it, if I say stuff, you be like, what they got to do with it anyway? We was driving a Mazda 626. It was a gray. We was mm -hmm. at the stop sign. I'm looking out the window because my mama talking to me. But I could, I, I didn't want to break my mama's heart and tell her nothing like that. You know, I had the opportunity to say something, but that my mama, I don't want to hurt my mama, you know. And um, I never said nothing. But one day my daddy, he had a, a thing where, okay, I'm the only child. Even though he was my daddy, he's still my stepdaddy. So there'll be times where if I get in trouble, my mama beat me. It was funny to him. Or if he knew I was about to get in trouble, that exciting to him. I'm a little girl. I see this. My mom probably ain't paying no attention. But I know this. Like, um, 
I was a I played basketball in ninth grade and I missed a layup at practice and he said something and it triggered something in me and made me mad. Which probably was not a good reason to tell it, but I decided that I want to tell my coach because I was upset. And they was trying to figure out why I was so upset because I'm, I'm tired of him picking at me about little shit, you know. And um, it was Coach Washington. I think she still worked at the school, guidance counselor. And um, she did her job. She did what she had to do. She could have kept it to herself, but, and that was what I intended for her to do because I just wanted to vent her. But she ended up calling DSS and it was a whole big deal. So um, I think what affected me the most is I wasn't the victim after telling it. I was being treated like I was at fault because they they um, put me in a institution. Matter of fact, they call it um, Greenland Park at the time. <laughs> they call it Greenland Park at the time. And um, I had to stay there for a couple of weeks. And I couldn't understand why I had to stay there. But my dad was going to work. He was still going to work. Um, I was in Greenland Park, and they actually had me on the wrong side. So I was on the side where the people were actually crazy. <laughs> I would wake up and go in the lobby to sit with the rest of the residents, and if somebody had my clothes on. That's the funny part. If somebody had my clothes on. I'm like, why that lady got my sweat on? Like, I actually had to stay there for a couple of weeks and no school, no contact with certain people. But I did call. I had one friend that I called every day. And when we was in school, nobody really knew we was tight like that. Um, he's a popular barber in Dawson Trail, Mac. I used to call him. That was my friend. He just. I don't know. I just used to call him and talk to him, and, and he ain't judged me or nothing like that. I'll never forget that. Like, it was nothing but me calling just to talk to him. Um, that I actually wrote that in my book. Um, but, yeah, I, I remember people. I remember little things I went through and who was there and who wasn't. Um, I remember two of my friends came to see me. I don't even know what the process was or how that went, but that was Natasha Lyra and um, Craig Scott. I remember they came to see me at the actual facility. And the only two people that came. Um, anyway, that that visit, that stay there was hell. And that bothers me still because I can't understand why I had to be there. And he was going to work every day. And nobody believed me. That that about you too, nobody oh believed me. Oh, my God, yes. Because, because of his... It was Mr. Dark. Because people put him on a pedestal. Yeah, he was Mr. Dark. They look know? up to him and yeah. and that's that that was one of the things I was gonna say. Um tell you got me about to cry. <laughs> but that was one of the things that I was gonna say that when you go through trauma, we protect the perpetrator, especially when there are people that are in the community and they're looked up to. You don't want to say anything. Just like I was telling you prior to going live, I forgave, but I never said who did what, when, and I know people want to know what happened. 
And since this since Shine is sharing her story, this opportunity for those that don't know, I've been sharing my story for a while, but I don't talk about it a lot. I just give out minor details. I don't get into specifics, but I always just tell people that I was molested at seven, raped at 19, and uh, sexually assaulted at 41, and I'm 44. So a lot of times people, they will judge you. They'll say, well, why this person act this certain way when they don't know your story? Why Tori don't want to go nowhere? And like the, when we went to, um, when we went to Tavern, mm-hmm. and you remember there was nobody there. Right. That was the best time. Yes. Both of us the same. Like, yeah, like it was be perfect because mm-hmm. it was just me and her, you know, eating our chicken, chicken wings and stuff. And it was just perfect. And it's like, I'm getting to the point where I can get out more amongst people. But sometimes you isolate yourself when you experience different types of trauma. You isolate yourself. I know I do. I isolate myself a lot where I don't want to be around people. And sometimes, especially with you, I always tell you, I tell you all the time that you are, you're bold, you beautiful, and you have this big personality. And sometimes in some cases when people laugh a lot or talk a lot, sometimes that could be a cry for help. I don't know if that's the case for you, but sometimes when you joke a lot and you, you're, you're, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we can go through things and we're there for people and we're putting other people before ourselves when we need somebody to be there for us. Mm -hmm. And my question that I was going to ask you, I was trying not to cry. Lord Jesus, both of us (laughs) just cry babies, Lord. But what were your, like, you went through a process. Now, let me ask you this. Would you, would you say that you are, um, in a healed place, or are you in the process of still healing? I'm still healing. Um, only reason why I say I'm still healing is because other things come behind it. Because as far as like relationships, I don't know about nobody else, but I blame what has happened, you know, on how I allow certain men to treat me in my life. And now I don't go through that no more. Like I ain't taking it no more. That's why I like I'm I'm healing. Like I um. I ain't gonna talk too much about it, but I met somebody and they changed how I view myself and they changed how I feel about myself and I'm not accepting anything less than what I deserve. So absolutely. Cause and a I, lot of time I, I really feel like uh God place people in your path mm-hmm. just for that because I have been making posts and I'm saying that I'm 39 and it seemed like I'm just getting myself together. And the person that I met don't understand that they played a major part in that. And I try not to be too mushy with them. I hope they listen so they'll know. They, they probably will. <laughs> but they, they, um, they play a major part in me loving myself. Mm-hmm. And it took a long time, but I'm finally there. And ain't nobody can't change that, you know, so. Okay. But now you, you accept a lot of things that you have no business, like <laughs> being in abusive relationships or accepting things that the average person wouldn't dare, you know, like I'm there now like that. Like what? No, I can't believe I did it, you know, or accepted it. So yeah, them days over. Right. And it looks like I froze. (laughs) 
I need you guys to comment. Did I freeze? You're still moving, but I look like my my side has frozen. But we're gonna keep going. Okay. Cause like y'all, this is the first time I'm in the studio. So we're this is I'm I'm the trendsetter. So we're gonna see what we need to work on in the future. But it looks like um I froze. Am I moving? I'm stuck. So okay, so I'm frozen. <laughs> but as long as you guys can hear me. That's the main thing. So just, okay, so I'm frozen. So we're going to keep going. But here's the thing. So basically the other question is that I was going to ask you, what were some of your, because I know for me personally, what were some of your coping mechanisms dealing with the trauma? For me, like I say, for me, I used to drink a lot as far as the, the coping mechanisms. So what are some of the things that you did to cope with dealing with the trauma? And, and since you're in the process of still healing, it's probably things now that you still have to do in order to cope. Um, at one point, my uh, coping mechanism was sex. I'll be honest with you, I have sex and didn't get nothing out of it. It just was, all I knew was I wanted a man to act like they care about me. So um, that was my coping mechanism. Um it was probably, it was a few, it had been a few years now where I just was like, that ain't no excuse. You know, don't do that. Like I had to start telling myself, you know, it's it's a mind thing. You have to tell yourself you a queen. They don't mean you no good. They don't want you. They don't want you but for that. Like I'm, I, I still see him like I'm. If I didn't do this, if I didn't do that, I'd probably be married by now. Or if I didn't do that, but then I tell myself, if I didn't go through all that, I wouldn't be who I am today. Um, like now, you got you got to tear down some walls to even get me to say, you right. know, like right. depend, I got to like you in order for us to go to the next level. Like you can't try to holler at me, and I'll be like, like. But back then, all you had to do was tell me you purity. Oh, you got a big ass. Oh, you got oh. And I be he he like, but now I'll be like, oh, okay, you know, like it it's hard to get through now. Right, right. But back then that that was all I needed was you to tell me, give me a compliment or something. So okay. I wasn't used to none of that. So and you this is the other thing that I was gonna ask you too. You said that um, because I think we all that go through trauma, we don't want to tell anyone, we want to be quiet. And of course the perpetrator wants us to remain silent. Uh -huh. They don't want us to tell. So when this was going on, how long, cause I can't remember, I think you did say it, but how long did you allow the abuse to go on before you did say something? You said it was in ninth grade. So it's, how long? It stopped when I was in the eighth grade cause I started my cycle. So how long was that process the whole time? Like it, was it like, what do you, what's, what's the time frame? I'm, I'm going to say, well, when you're in like junior high, eighth grade, I'm thinking I was like third. I was like 12. So I'm going to say from maybe like um, 8 to 12, 9 to 12, something like that. Okay. Okay. And did you ever get to the point where you felt like you need therapy or are you in therapy? I still think I need therapy. But, okay. um, and I'm going to say this again because I don't want to get into detail, but my, my friend, that's my therapy. Like, I, I don't want to say let's just, say, let's just yeah let's just but say that's this, my therapy like like if I don't talk to him mm -hmm. I'd be like oh 
But and he don't understand that. And I try to explain a little bit, but I don't like I don't want to run him off by, you know. But if you ain't never met nobody like that before, and as old as I am, I should have been ran into somebody that taught me better or showed me better, and that I didn't. So now that I do, it's like even a simple, hey, what you doing? That's all I need. Right. That's all. Right. I'm good. Right. Um and I guess you know what? Sometimes we can be so we can be so and we can be so um what's the word I'm looking for? So used to dysfunction. I know for me, I was so used to the dysfunction that if someone treated me right, mm-hmm. how I supposed to be treated, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, something is too good to be true. I'm, you know what I mean? I I know what you're saying because I'm still like that, but I don't react. Like uh I'm so used to being done wrong. Mm-hmm. Any little thing, like not responding to my texts, mm-hmm. I have to calm myself down mm-hmm. and take time out because I don't want to run nobody off because they be like, what's wrong with that girl? But I'm used to being done wrong. Mm-hmm. So every little thing, I'm like, but it don't be that. So I think I just said the other day that I got to fix that before I mess up what I do have. So. Cause it's like we overthink way too much. Like we could be, we'll have an entire story going on in our head when it's far from what's even actually happened. Like, oh, I'd be like, I'm crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing that I was going to ask you um, was the which you already answered, but I'm real big on the forgiveness aspect as far as the forgiving um, mode. You said you did forgive. Did you, it was it something that happened over time or was it something that happened immediately? Like, how was that process as far as the forgiveness goes? I think because I that was my daddy. Um, only thing I was mad at him about was when DSS came, which which anybody would do that, cover up what they did. Um, he made it look like I was lying. That the part that I couldn't get over because now you got my mom looking at me crazy. You got these people from DSS looking at me crazy. Now I got to go to the gynecologist to get checked for anything. Um, I got to go to the therapist to, to talk to this stranger I don't know. And I'm still, I'm in the ninth grade. I'm still a child. Um, I really don't understand how, you know, it got to this point. But I forgave him a long time ago. Like, um, But me and him never talked about it either. Like, as I got, like, I'm grown. My daddy died uh, seven, this year will be 17 years ago. Um, my son said it'll be 17 this year. My son was six months when he died. Um, every time I say, well, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to talk about it. Like, in my mind, I try to prepare myself so we can discuss it, but it never happened. Um, it never went that way. And just like you said prior to us going live, you well actually during the live, you said that you you never had this conversation with your mom. So I didn't, and I don't expect to because in her defense, I put myself in her shoes, and I I felt like, uh, of course, of course, a mama gonna want to kill somebody to you know you didn't bother my daughter blah blah blah. But as a woman, you would think, what in the world would a grown man want with a child so I don't pressure her I don't bring it up and I don't want to talk about it like now I'm good I don't want to talk about it like 
what would be your response if she wants to? Because you and your mother have a beautiful relationship. So what would be, how would you handle that if, because you already know that someone is going to tell her about this broadcast. Uh-huh. And she may be like, feel like most mothers, their natural instinct will be, I wish I was there. What could I have done? You know what I mean? Well, I'm pretty sure that she don't punish herself enough and thought about that. Yeah. Um, she ain't, she'll, she'll say why I ain't, well, last year when I did the pictures and stuff, mm-hmm. she questioned me and asked me, why do I want to talk about it? And then after a while, she said, okay, I understand you want to help other people. Okay, boom. So after this right here, like if she say something, I'll blow off, go in my room, close my door, because I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And that that's just how I am. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, because we were supposed to talk about it when I was in the ninth grade. Yeah. But and you know, and if they're gonna tell her this right here is a fine time to put it out there, but when the people called her from the school and told her what was going on and she picked me up, um even though I'm 39 years old, that stuck with me because the ride home, she said, Well, Sunshine, you don't think you done told yourself that so much to the point where you believed it. And from then on, me and my mama wasn't good. See, the stuff I post now of how we good, and that took time. Okay. We wasn't always there. Okay. Because I was holding a grudge because how how are you going to ask me something like that? And she compared it to her being in high school, and some boy she used to like gave her a ring, but she kept saying he gave her the ring, but he didn't. It was some kind of wrangle, some some kind of story she gave me to compare child molestation to. And that's no comparison. You know, like, yeah. and and I'm a child, but I ain't dumb. Yeah. You don't believe me. You don't believe. <laughs> and and I don't fault her for that because this man made it look like he was, you know, nobody would ever believe that unless they walk in and saw it, honestly. So, so you still. his statue. You know, and, and they probably people that still don't believe me. That was gonna be my next question. I should care less because I'm yeah. I have to I have to sleep and have them dreams and mm-hmm. and and now that, that don't really happen no more. So that's how I know I'm healing too, because I don't have those dreams where like you actually live it all over again. You can feel it. Right. Like it it could affect my regular life, but it doesn't anymore. Like I remember at one point I'd be like, uh, you got hands like my daddy. And I ain't really feeling that. Like I ain't gonna do nothing. I'm good. But now I'm grown, grown, like heal grown, like right. I had to tell myself, do not let my past affect what I got going on now. Right. It's all of my thing. And also, um starting a, a new spiritual journey, you know, I done got to the point where I'm calm about everything, like mm-hmm. I'm good. Right. You can say anything to me and I'm like, okay. Right. I'm good. Right. I know my power. I know it's a mind thing. And it is. If more people realize that it's a mind thing, they'll be all right. There's right. nothing wrong with you. Nothing is going on with you. You fine. You got it together. You good. There are people way worse than you with weight. Like you say, you've been raped. I, I couldn't even compare that to even what I'm talking about. Like, I think that's worse than what I've been through. You named like four different situations and I'm trying to heal from one little thing. You know, I think. But, yours, but with yours, it was over a period of time. Right. See, right. with me, it was boom. Like, 
different time frames, yeah. like molestation at seven, mm-hmm. then 19. And then my experience with 19 is the fact that, <laughs> that when I, I was in college and I blame myself because, you know, when you were in college, you do a lot, you have a lot of peer pressure uh-huh. and I was indulging. I will say this, put it out there. And I said this before I drank alcohol uh-huh. and something was placed in my drink. And uh-huh. I was like, if, if something wasn't in my drink, then maybe that wouldn't have happened. But I actually was telling someone about that particular incident the other day where I was 19. Someone placed something in my drink. And I remember when something was placed in my drink, I remember I was at a Super Bowl party mm-hmm. and something was placed in my drink. And I remember asking the guy, can I lay in your bed? And he was like, you can lay down. You can you can lay down. And I remember laying on the bed. And I couldn't move. Mm. And he was with me and his roommate was with me. And so after that happened, it was time for my cycle. It never came. Mm. So when I go to the infirmary on campus, they tell me, you're pregnant. So when they're telling me that I'm pregnant, I couldn't say nothing because I'm like, and then the time, you know how when you when you find out that you that you conceived and they give you a date, you mm-hmm. know, they give you the it's estimated times mm-hmm. of when it could have happened. And the estimated time frame when they told me that it that I could have possibly conceived, it was the weekend that that incident right. happened. Right. So then here I am thinking to myself, how can I possibly from a rape, how can I have a child that was produced from a rape? So then I had to go through the depression. There was a point where I was going to jump off a building. Mm. But I, I I made a decision that I still sometimes regret. But I, I know God has already forgiven me. Yeah. But I had I made the decision to abort that child. Mm-hmm. But it just seemed like after I made a choice to abort, I started seeing all these babies. Mm. So I made, I was asking myself, did I make the right decision? So now that I'm talking to you, I'm thinking to myself and mm-hmm. I was just, when I, when I came to see Jamel to see the studio, I was telling Jamel, I feel like I'm in a healed place. Now that I'm talking to you, mm-hmm. I'm questioning myself. Am I really healed? I, I feel like um, the more you talk about it, the better you get. That's why I'm not being quiet for nobody. My mama can be mad. Anybody that was close to my daddy can be mad, but it's all about my mental because mm-hmm. I can lose it holding yeah. it in. Yeah. Instead of me holding it in, I'm going to speak on it because I met so many people over the years that, that came to me because I spoke on it and they mm-hmm. still ain't told nobody, nobody but me. So there's a lot of people out here that have had something done to them and they haven't spoke on it, but because they heard me tell my story, they decided to come tell me and that helps to tell somebody. I'm not going to be quiet because all I've ever heard all these years was sunshine crazy. That girl, wow, she a hoe. She this, she that. She don't. Y'all don't know me. <laughs> you know what you heard. Right. Half of the stuff you heard made up. And if it's true, I can admit to it. Mm-hmm. But nobody never come ask me nothing. They just make up their own stuff. <clears throat> sunshine crazy. She just that crazy part. That blows the hell out of me. That girl crazy. Mm-hmm. I ain't crazy. Because right. I could be crazy, but I'm going to talk. Mm-hmm. So I won't be crazy. 
right. want to live a regular life like everybody else. Stop labeling people because you don't know what they've been through. Right. So I think the, the fact that I, I know so many people that have been abused and y'all don't know, you know, mm -hmm. like my inbox, that stay jumping if I make a post and say something. Mm -hmm. I didn't have people come tell me I'm their hero. I'm not fit to accept that position, but you know, I understand where they're coming from. They ain't never told nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, and these people, the fact that I know who they're talking about, and I still can see these people, and I'm like, I know what they into or what they done did, but nobody else don't know. That's not safe, to be honest with you, but that's their business, not mine, and I got my own to handle. So right. I, I accept that they come to me with the story, and I'm also going to shut up because that's not my story. Right. You ready to tell your story? You tell your story. All I can do is come, um, come, you know, comfort you, give you encouraging words. I'm a talk, right? Because it happened. I'm not finna sweep it under the rug, and that's what's wrong with the community now. People sweep everything under the rug. These uncles and these these cousins and mm -hmm. all, and now when I see other people tell their story on Facebook or they'll say something, they'll lash out. It just they ain't never told it, but they just make a long post, and you you find out, oh, that's why she act like that. Mm -hmm. like that's what in my mind I'm like I knew it I just didn't know how to and I'm not going to ask you but I know when I, I can see through it sometimes I inbox people mm -hmm. and I talk to them and then they come on out and they just start talking like no how you know that and I don't that's what I was going to say you can when you go through this type of trauma you can point you can, out you can see it You act, I, I also can see who the predators are like I don't I don't want to falsely accuse nobody, but I yeah. have my thoughts and I'm like, yeah, that is yeah, something over here. Right. But right. that ain't my business. Right. right. I know my business. <laughs> that, right. that I keep that, keep that on the table. I don't interfere with nothing. I don't cause no mess. I ain't stirring up no pot. I know, but I don't say nothing. Absolutely. And Just a lot right. of times, like I was, I tell people all the time. We go through things, but we don't go through it for us. We go through it for other people. And just like you said, people are reaching out to you. And like last year, when you posted the picture, mm -hmm. I was like, because when I when I see you, all I always see is beauty and confidence. And when you posted that picture, I ain't gonna lie to you. I just started crying because I could relate. Mm -hmm. It was powerful. That picture told your story. Mm -hmm. Without even me reading the post, the picture said a lot. So I want to personally say thank you because it made me start speaking out more. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I didn't realize I was going to try to get through this interview without crying. Mm -hmm. But I realized that I still, I know that I'm on the other side of my healing. Right. But I realized at this very moment that I still got some healing to do. Mm -hmm. And we all think we'll ne always, we'll, we'll never be 100%. Even right. people that ain't had nothing like that done in them, something been done some way. We're mm -hmm. never gonna be hundred percent. Nobody's perfect, but uh, we can use what happened to us to make us better. Because I'm popping right now, <laughs> and that was the other thing that I was gonna say. You just doing the doggone thing. Yes, <laughs> I was so happy and I'm, for and you. I'm not cocky at all. I'm real humble, so I don't do all that. You know. Yeah, she's but, very humble. But I've been through enough to. Yeah. Just say, I'm popping. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you know, like, you I are. mean, ain't nobody can't take that from me because I bust my behind. You did. Yeah, I ain't. And nobody know the nights that you cried. Nobody okay. knows the prayers that you talk to God. Nobody exactly. knows that but you. 
and people will, will paint this picture. They'll see you when they don't know your story. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I'm the type of person you could come and tell me, oh, well, sunshine, it is if I ain't see it for myself. Mm-hmm. I don't go by what people say. I get to know people for myself. And you the one out of 10. <laughs> the other nine going to believe it. They in the chats. They, they doing this. They doing that. I don't, I don't even care. Like, yeah. I don't even care. I'm trying to get my money. Right. And live. Right. I did a lot of uh, shell. I've been in a shell for a long time. Mm-hmm. And my nerves still bad. I don't want to yeah. go to Walmart. I don't go. I don't want to see nobody. I don't. Right. I, I'll drive to the next town to get gas. I'll right. drive to another city to go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. I I drove. To, I, me and my friend went to Camden just for Christmas shopping to, at Walmart. I don't like being around a lot of people. And then sometimes I just got to prepare myself. Like I say, if I got a party coming up, they don't know what it takes for me to prepare for that party because I got to see this person, that person, that person, who that person does. Talk to this person, hey sunshine, sunshine. That does something to me. And then after the party, I got to fix it. Mm-hmm. They don't know. Like it's not, it's not normal, but it's me. I don't like stuff like that. I'd rather be home with with somebody watching TV. Like spending time. Yeah. I used to not want to go on trips with people, this and that. Like I'm trying to break out of all that stuff. So it's like now I that's why I know I'm healing because I'm Busting out my shell and I'm doing stuff. Yeah. And even being like a business owner, that's something where you know you got to talk to people. You got Absolutely. To. So I had to get my mind right. Like if you want to be a millionaire, you're going to have to cut this shell thing out because you're going to have to do some things. And I always did things, but nobody knew what I had to go through to prepare for it. It's a mental thing. It's a mind thing. Absolutely. And it's and I'm glad you said that mental thing because it is mental health awareness. And like we was talking earlier, everything affects your mental. Mm-hmm. And it's like now, like I had to get to the point. I used to feel like when people call my phone mm-hmm. or they text me that I had to answer every call that I had to respond to every text message. And it's like sometimes I'd allow myself, I blame myself for allowing myself to be a dumping ground for people where they could just dump, 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 dump on me. But now I realize I don't have to answer every call. I don't have to answer every text message. If I don't feel like talking, then I don't have to talk. Like with you, anybody that knows you, this girl does not talk on the phone. You better send her a message on Messenger or you better text her because she ain't picking up no phone. Oh, nope. uh, you could call her what you want. You text you what you want. Because <laughs> I, I don't know what you're about to say. And, and I don't want to give you the wrong answer or respond or be a uh, lock into something that I really don't want to do. Like, right. I'm not answering the phone. You text me. I got time to think about what I'm going to say back. Right. Yes or no. Or you know whatever. But I ain't. Very and like people with, can get me on the phone. And with text messaging, like I said, with Mr. It's up to you whether you respond. Right. Like sometimes I can look at a message and I'm not responding. Mm-hmm. You know? So but now you know I'm gonna ask, even though I already know you're gonna say no. You're not gonna sing for us. Uh-uh. <laughs> not even a no. Mm-mm. You know what you get on my nerves, bro. <laughs> But y'all, and the other thing that I saw the other day, I thought was so beautiful that um, Chastity contacted you to do a telegram. I thought that was the most beautiful. (laughs) Why? Because Chastity hit me about the blue. It wasn't playing. She just said, you want to make some money real quick? That was the message. And I'm like, what's up? I thought she needed a hair pin up or something. (laughs) 
but no, she already in the ATL chilling. And she's like, can you go do a telegram for my mama? Blah, blah, blah. I set the phone down. I like, like Chess. I really like Chess. She real cool. <laughs> she real like I had to name all her qualities to myself before I. And I was like, you know what? Okay, I got you. So then I went. I was like, I had to. I had to go to Burger King get some drink. I just did, and her mom was so sweet. And then yes. was like, you might as well do that. No, I might as well not. <laughs> that was a one time deal. So that was one time. Oh, you're not gonna do it again. If if it. Following my heart to do it. Okay. Do okay, it. that sounds good. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Well, listen. Um, what what would you say to those that um that may have experienced abuse and trauma? What would what advice would you give to that person that may be watching this? Okay. You may be giving them the courage to speak out, but they may be scared. Because like I said, like we were saying earlier, sometimes we, pro we protect the perpetrator. Listen, I don't even want to say nothing to them. I want to talk to the parents. Mm -hmm. Because my mom was so street mm -hmm. trying to protect me mm -hmm. and didn't know she needed to protect me from the person that was in the house. Mm -hmm. I couldn't go spend the night with nobody. I rode my bike from stop sign to stop sign. I didn't do a lot of stuff. Like I see people uh, riding their bikes that was in my age group. That ain't, that ain't got nothing to do with me. They ain't my child. Okay. Right. But all she was doing was trying to protect me. She just right. didn't know that I needed to be protected from who was under the roof. Stop being so... And with my son, when she tells him he can't, five times out of ten, I'm going to go talk into it because in my mind, that's how you did me. Don't right. do that. Let him go. Ain't he a boy? Let him do stuff. Let him... I understand stuff going out there in the world today, but I'm a praying mom. And I know she'll pray. You know, um, he'll be fine. I don't stop being so strict on these kids because they're going to be rebellious. They're going to remember that later on. When they get to school and college, they buck wild. They do this. They do that because you wouldn't let them do anything. They weren't able to experience anything. So when they got a little bit of freedom, they did too much. Like, I, that's what I would tell the parents. Stop trying to be overprotective and let these children do things. Like, we can't, we can't watch them 24-7. And when we think we're watching them, something's still going on. Right. But um, to the ones that are victims, you ain't got to tell nobody, but you got to find some type, some type of outlet to make yourself feel better because you'll lose it. Like you'll be around here losing your mind and people, all they do is judge you and they don't know why. You don't have to put a why behind it, but you got to find a reason to, you know, make it better for you. Because like I said, it's a mind thing. It's a mental thing. Like your mental is very important. And I tell anybody now, mental um, breaks are important. And I started taking those about three years ago. Simple by myself uh, a couple of days at the room. And I still do it. Go to the room, chill. Mm -hmm. I ain't even doing it. I'm just right. watching TV, eating pizza, drinking a beer, something like that. I'm just chilling. I just need a break. Right. So. And I'm just, I mean, I've always taking myself out but like really taking those mental breaks mm -hmm. i just started doing that this year 2021 i just really started really being serious about it yeah so so I, that's why i said both of us got birthdays in september so i said you know Birthday. what <laughs> so i said i may do something big for for september since it's gonna be a milestone birthday mm -hmm. i'll be turning 45 so and then of course you're gonna be 40 yeah so listen 
<laughs> Listen, you look good, girl. She be on the, she be on I'm Facebook ready. posting pictures looking I'm like 19. <laughs> Let me tell you something. 40 has the forties have been really good to me. They say you don't care no more. With me. <laughs> but I've been not caring, so I was I just about to say I was just about to say you don't care anyway, so <laughs> it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but I really, really appreciate you so much. Like I said, you help not only me, but think about all the people that have reached out to you. Think about the people that may not even have the courage to even tell you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just from a post. Right. And you're always, I will say, you're always posting stuff that encouraging. And, and a lot of times you post things that make you think mm-hmm. you make us laugh. You, you make throughout the day. If you're friends with sunshine, she's going to make you go through a range of emotions. She's going to make you laugh. She's going to make you cry. She's going to make you go through all that. So sometimes I, I like, let me get off here. And then sometimes she had me cutting up with her, but I mean, it's all, it's all love. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate you um, for sharing your story. And I know that not only last year, but even just today, mm-hmm. You done set some more people free. So like I said, I want to say again, thank you. I'm thanking you for me and for everybody else. Well, that thank you setting. for having me. And you know you're welcome. But next time, listen, next time you come back, you're going to have to sing. That's going to be a requirement. So I'm going to tell you that right out of the gate. It's a requirement next time. <laughs> right. <laughs> she, y'all, she and she, 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 she. <laughs> At least think about it. Okay. If listen, like you said, if it's placed on your heart, mm-hmm. then okay. let's 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 let it roll like that. If it's placed on your heart to sing, then we'll do it. And and matter of fact, Jamel, well, my screen is frozen, y'all. But I like I said, I want to give Jamel props again. Starting 119 Media Group. He had a vision. Yeah, Jamel, stand behind sunshine. Matter of fact, Detail. matter of fact, Jamel, <laughs> Jamel, um, this is what I was gonna ask you. God gave you a vision and you know, in order, when God gives you a vision in order for us to have sight, we got to have vision because if you don't have vision, you walking through this life um, blindly. So tell everyone briefly about 119. If they didn't see the post with Brian, how did the name 119, what's the significance of 119? And if you're in the Jordan street, <clears throat> my grandfather, my grandparents had, had a house. Come up to close to the mic. Now, 119 Jordan Street is where I learned a lot of things. Where I learned, like like I said last time, how to ride a bike, how to fight. Uh, my granddad tried to get me on the roof, try to fix the roof, we playing a garden and everything. So I just took that and just made it the um, the um, face for my company, 119, because it meant a lot of it means a lot of stuff to me now. And um, at 119 Media, the only thing we want to do is inspire and uplift. And help our community or help everybody help our community just to help everybody just inspire and uplift and i'm gone this is too much but catch, <laughs> us, catch us thursday real talk 360. y'all have a great night thank you jamil okay. thank you too sunshine. you're welcome <laughs> well shine thank you so much for um and also since since we're doing a little promo um tell everyone make sure they book those appointments oh yeah um, i'm at 706 <laughs> Indian Brett Row right beside Passions, the Ola Door, Brick House by Queen Brick. I'm Queen Brick, by the way. 
You say you like my lip gloss. Yeah. Um, my esthetician <laughs> has her own lip gloss line. She's also there and she has it on hand. So y'all just come on by. But I will be posting the links to everybody that's in the salon. So y'all can um, purchase and book. She does facial. She does makeup. She does wax. We do all kind of stuff. So. And then you also offer some services for the men too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it because I want to make it perfect. Uh, I want to do the beards and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm working on it. Okay, sounds good. Now is huh? Oh, oh yeah, my, yeah, twenty five dollar deposit. That's gonna be on the link. <laughs> It'll tell you when you get to the link. I'm gonna post it. <laughs> yes, I can't no deposit, no point. I'm about my money. I'm gonna cancel your point. <laughs> You ain't got my money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, she be doing her thing. She be slaying, she be slaying the hair, boy. Oh, 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 and the shirts, brick house. Um, uh, it started off with women with curves, but now I make it where all women feel like a brick house because every body type is right. Right. Yeah. A woman is a woman. Right. Come get your shirt. Right. Okay. Then and the face mask too, right? You said oh, yeah, face I got, mask. I got the mask too. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Now, can they um contact you? Like, say if they want to contact you, provide your social media handles. Like, in case someone want to reach out to you, do your social media handles. Um, provide your social media handles on Facebook, Instagram, whatever your social media handles are, so they can get in contact with you. Facebook they- is Sequoia Longa Jordan. I also have the business page, Brick House by Queen Brick. On IG, it's Full Figure Queen. Okay, sounds good. And again, I'm going to post the link on the live so y'all can make y'all book y'all appointments. All right. Well, thank you once again for, for Grace. And, and you were my first guest okay. in the 119 Media Studio. I love this setup, Jamel. Even though I'm frozen, but it's all good. <laughs> they, they still can hear me, so y'all don't worry about me being frozen. The matter of fact, it was all about sunshine anyway, so that actually worked out because spotlight was definitely on you, so it's all good. We shared it today. We both had a story, so it's good. We, we both got it out. Oh. We're going to finish healing. Right. Right, right. Well, thank you guys for watching. Uh, make sure if you haven't already, make sure you go like the 119 Media uh, Facebook page, 119 Media Group Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. And like I was saying earlier, if you are a business owner, entrepreneur, if you want to be a, a sponsor or advertiser or any of the podcasts, then um, contact us. I'll have Jamil um, type in the comments the email where you can contact him. If you would like to promote your business or whatever you may be doing, if you want to, you know, advertise on any of the podcasts, because Jamel, you're up to what? How many podcasts now? We up to five podcasts. What are the different podcasts? Of course, you have the Keep the Faith podcast. You have My People's Keeper, Real Talk 360 podcast, uh, Fit for Your Health, and I'm missing one. Tangy Tea of Life with my girl Veronica and and yours, what is yours? Perseverance. So any of those podcasts, Jamel is going to type the email. You can contact him if you would like to be an advertiser, promote your business, whatever. Just give us a call. And if you would like to be a guest on the Keep the Faith podcast, you can contact me. My um, Keep the Faith podcast number is 843-920-8124. Um, and you can also email me at faithisnecessary at gmail.com. And you guys, make sure... 
if you haven't watched the beginning of this podcast, make sure you go back and watch the replay, uh, share the post, because like I said, so many times we make cast judgments on people where we don't know their story. Like a lot of times you may see some somebody that's walking around there angry and you don't know why. Everybody has a story. So never forget that. And as I always end the broadcast, once again, I like to tell Sunshine, thank you again. And as I always end all of my broadcasts, whatever you may be going through in life, always remember to keep the faith. And thank you guys for watching. And we'll talk to you later. Peace.